Well, without marketing and sales, there is no company. So let's just let's just say it like it is, right? I mean, until something is sold, there's no business. And, and I always say marketing and sales as a business owner, even from startup, it they are two of the, the best things, two of the best skill sets that you can ever learn. If you struggle with marketing yourself, this is the episode to listen to. Ann Carden is a business owner with more than 30 years of experience, having started and sold multiple companies in many different industries. Now, she helps businesses attract high-end clients. In marketing her own company, she focuses on visibility, more specifically, creating strategic visibility on LinkedIn. And it is so good to talk with you. It's always good to talk with business owners who have so much experience, who've grown their companies, and who are willing to share what is working. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Cheryl. I'm so honored and grateful to be here with you. Tell us more, first of all, for people who don't know you, about the businesses you have built. And I need to tell people at home that we are going to talk more about LinkedIn, but talk about the business. <laughs> that you are behind first. <laughs> sure. So uh, previously to right now, I'm a coach and a consultant for coaches, consultants, professional entrepreneurs, but I have built five previous businesses and sold them. The first one started over 32 years ago when I left my corporate career and decided to be a stay-at-home mom. And um, I always say the math didn't work with my husband's paycheck. So <laughs> I started looking for a way to make money, but I was able to turn that into a global business where I employed other moms and was shipping all over the world. And it was a creative doll business. I sold that after about seven years, I sold all of my designs and everything uh, that I had built in assets in that business. And then I started a fitness business and that grew into two health clubs and two weight loss centers that I also sold all of those as well. So I've been an entrepreneur for over, over 32 years and I've been coaching and consulting for almost 13 years now. <laughs> so helping other people. I love it. And what is it about someone who has your skill set? that you go into a situation and you can see the possibilities. I'd love to hear about how your brain is working a little bit. Oh, what get, is, what is going get inside my brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of it comes from a lot of experience, but I've also done a lot of um, studying, a lot of work, and I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of business owners at this stage and in over 50 different industries. It's probably more now. Last time I counted, it was over 50. So there's a lot of depth and knowledge and experience uh, in what I have done. And, and, and even in a lot of the mistakes that I made along the way that I try to help people avoid. But one of the things that I do now that, uh, and I've always done this, I'm so it's so easy for me to see inside of someone's business and know the levers to pull, the levers that are going to get them the biggest leaps, the levers that are going to make the biggest difference in their business. So often people are doing things the hard way. They're trying to figure it out or they, they think this is the thing they need. And most often the thing that they're seeking is not really what they need at all. It's something completely different. And so, for example, they think they need 
uh, clients, but then they don't have the business model that would even get them to their goals without, you know, thousands of clients. So it's things like that. It's having the right foundation in place in your business and then understanding what are, again, what are the big levers that you pull and, and put in place so that you can really hit the goals that you want and achieve what you want. So I just, again, just can look inside businesses and see that very easily, like, oh, here's your problem. And it might be more than one thing, but often it is, but it's typically not what they think it is. How much fun though, to be able to hear the situations going on in someone's business as they're trying to grow it and they feel stuck like an engine that's just not working right. And you say a couple of things and then the light bulb goes off. That's pretty powerful. It's, it's so interesting that you say that because one of my favorite things to do is what I like to call a crunch session or like a VIP session where we do a deep dive into their business. And I've had people leave a two hour or three hour VIP, half of a VIP day with me and say, you have just moved me forward years. Like they've been trying to do it for years and they, they were stuck and they stayed stuck and they kept seeking and kept looking. And they, you know, I, over and over it's, this has literally changed my life because all of a sudden they can just see exactly where they're going and exactly the path to get there. So it is, it's really rewarding to be able to do that. I mean, I wish I would have had that so many years ago. And and it wasn't until I worked with my first business coach that that happened to me, which is why I do it with people today. Because that's why such you're a so game passionate. changer. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. One of the things we like to talk about here on this show is how you stand out. So the marketing piece of that, and given that you've had so many businesses that you've grown and sold, and now you're marketing yourself, I think marketing is a really great topic to talk about with you because you've had to do so in so many industries. So let's just kind of start with the whole marketing piece. How, Mm -hmm. How critical is this part of the equation when you're talking about the growth of your company? Well, without marketing and sales, there is no company. So let's just, let's just say it like it is, right? I mean, until something is sold, there's no business. And, and I always say marketing and sales as a business owner, even from startup, it they are two of the, the best things, two of the best skill sets that you can ever learn. Because when you know how to market and you know how to sell, you will never be without business. You will always have something that you can do. I mean, part of the reason why I was able to just keep starting up businesses is I wasn't afraid to go out and talk to people. Well, that's marketing, right? I wasn't afraid to go out and tell people what I was doing and are they interested in this? And I did that over and over again. And and I, that's how I brought people into my businesses and continue to grow those. And that really is all marketing is. It's about people knowing about you. If they don't know about you, they can't do business with you. Mm -hmm, Definitely. How have you worked that magic in your own company? So maybe you would want to talk about the companies that you ran and then maybe the company that you're running currently, because that's different as Mm -hmm. you are marketing yourself. It's always more from my understanding and my experience. It just is a little more difficult to market yourself than to market a product or service that is separate from your name. So what kinds of different things have you done to get your name or your company's name out there and market yourself better? 
Yes, it's it's really interesting. So uh, because I do most of my things online, that's really where the big difference is. Mm -hmm. If I look at how I've always built my businesses through marketing, I always would go out and speak to build awareness and to get visibility. So I always did that. And I still do that now. The difference is now I do it both online and offline. And so that's a huge piece of building your brand and building your business is you have to be visible, right? And one one of the things I, so one of the things I love to teach my clients is next level marketing strategies. And so this is a one-to-many approach. Yes, you can go out and get one client at a time. That's great. But what if you could go out and and hit many people at a time and, you know, let hundreds of people see you or a lot of people see you at one time so that they have the the opportunity then to decide if you're for them or not for them. And so I love speaking. I love podcasting. I have a podcast. I love being on other people's podcasts. I love doing live streams and I have a YouTube channel channel. So all of those things are what I like to call a one to many approach in your marketing. And when you do that, the other great thing about that is a lot of times you get people to raise their hands. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's attraction and you're, it's influence. You're also influencing people to either follow you or come into your ecosystem or potentially book on your calendar. And so those are the strategies that I love to use. Yes, you can run ads. Yes, you can do all of those things. But um, quite honestly, unless you're wanting to build a multiple million dollar business, you can do quite nicely with just exposure in the right places to the right people with the right message. I love it. I love it. And I'm doing many of the same things with this podcast, a YouTube Mm -hmm. channel that I have. And it's the content marketing where people, without you having to be there, Mm -hmm. people can figure out if you know what you're talking about or if they resonate with what you are showing the world. In your mind, what has been the most successful way or are you doing all of them all at the same time and and just kind of sort sort of seeing which one works the best at that particular moment in time? That's a great question. One of the things that I teach people when they're first uh, first trying to maybe come online or they're first trying to get started is do pick one way and get it working. And then you can add on the next way and the next way. So at this stage in my business, I have lots of ways I get clients and lots of ways I bring business to me. But I will say LinkedIn is probably, because I know you want to talk about LinkedIn, <laughs> it's one of my favorite places because of the business model that I have. So I teach people how to bring in really high-end clients and most of them are on LinkedIn or they they can reach them on LinkedIn or they can get booked to speak on LinkedIn. Uh, So there's a lot of, they can get partners on LinkedIn that can bring those ideal clients. So LinkedIn is, there's so many reasons why LinkedIn, but if you're in the professional space at all, it is the place to be. And for not just always just going for a client, but also, uh, like I said, partnerships, uh, referral partners, speaking engagements, getting booked on podcasts, all of those things you can do from LinkedIn. And you can do it, in my opinion, at a higher level than, say, Facebook or Instagram. Um, And again, it depends on, you have to know where your people are. You have to know where your ideal clients are. So that's the fundamental piece. But LinkedIn is where I move most of my clients because I help them go bigger in their business. And LinkedIn's the place to do that. 
one of the things I wanted to do at the start of this year was to do LinkedIn better. Mm -hmm. I, I think when I talk to people, they feel, they say the same thing. They're like, I just don't do it really well. Like I have an account and I look at it sometimes mm -hmm. I do this or that or the other. And so I wanted to especially talk with you and because I think you can help us and our community here do LinkedIn better. I mean, many of them have stuff, right? They have profiles right. and some pictures and maybe they post a random selfie at an event. <laughs> 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 You've seen it. I've That's done not it. gonna work. <laughs> so yes. what does work on LinkedIn when you're talking about really getting clients that can move the needle in your business? Well, here is the thing: it starts with your strategy and who you are trying to reach or what you're trying to accomplish. So I always say, what is the end goal that you have in your business? If you're trying to get clients, then you have to really understand how will those clients come to you. So here's an example. If you're trying to reach a really high-level CEO that is very difficult to reach and they're not hanging out on LinkedIn, you want content to be relevant to them. You want your profile very optimized for your ideal clients. I can talk more about that. But at the end of the day, you still have to know how to market to get that CEO. And there's multiple ways to do it. But what doesn't work is just to put out put out content and hope that they're going to see it. It doesn't work to spam in their inbox or their messages. Uh, for example, a CEO would respond to a very pointed um, message. They would not need to be nurtured. They it So they buy very differently. They look at things very differently. Whereas a coach who is used to everybody coming into their inbox, they're going to think they need to build a relationship and it's a slower process. So some of this really does come down to who you are marketing to. So you, you want to start with the, with the end strategy or the end game, and then who are those people? Um, but you do want to make sure that you're, you're building your ecosystem, that you're bringing the right people into your LinkedIn network and connections. Uh, don't just connect with everyone that is trying to sell you. You want to connect with people that truly could be partnerships, relationships that could benefit your the growth of your business, people that could get you booked to speak, people that have a podcast that could be beneficial. So, so you always want to think strategically about everything that you're doing on LinkedIn. And enough people don't really know how to put these pieces together. So that's why it doesn't work for a lot of people. I had never heard what you said before about being really clear if you're talking to a certain type of person, like a CEO. Yes. They don't need the, hey, how are you? No, they don't have time for that. They do not. <laughs> it, it, that would be the first way, first way for them to block you. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, I yes. never even considered that. But when I think about friends who are CEOs, I can see that working exactly the same way. I, I wouldn't yes. email them necessarily or DM them or anything like that. But I can imagine that working more effectively with just a, do you need this? Because this is what right. I have, that kind of thing. Like more, exactly. more likely to work. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you say that because a lot of people, uh, they really don't realize that. And so they're trying to do the wrong things with, with the right people, but it's not working. And the no. reason for that is because they just don't understand when you are going for higher level people or people that are going to 
to pay a lot more money, they're busy. Those high end clients, which is what I help people do, they are busy. They're busy people. It nothing is more annoying to me than when someone shows up in my inbox and they want to chit chat. It's like really. I don't have time for this. The other thing is they also, a lot of times have people running their accounts. And, and so if you reach out with a really compelling right message, they will, and, and you hit on a pain point or you hit on something that's very relevant to them. Even if someone is running their account, they will be much more likely to share that with the person hmm. uh, that they're running the account for. So all of these are those little details that a lot of people just don't really realize. And they take a little bit of time to kind of work out with my clients to figure out, okay, you know, what's going to be the best approach. You mentioned earlier about connecting with partners and people who mm-hmm. very strategically can help, but you can also help them. Yes. What if, and let's just say in the past, but you're not going to do it in the future, but in the past, you just sort of accepted <laughs> all of the requests <laughs> that you got. And right. let's say you have all of these people in your account. Does that end up hurting you? Like, do you just leave them there? What What do you do with all of that? It can hurt your reach. Quite honestly, it can really hurt your reach. And I am very, and I did that at the very beginning. I have like, I don't know, 22,000 connections on LinkedIn and they are not all my perfect people. I don't really worry about it too much. Although if you're starting now, or if you're starting, you know, if you're doing this now, I'm very strategic. Um, and so, but I think back to many, many years ago, I've been on LinkedIn for a lot of years and I brought a lot of the wrong people and I did connect with just kind of anyone that reached out to me. And so, yes, I have a lot of those people, but here's the thing that I will do. If I come across someone now in my network that, um, I, I don't know, somehow they show up and they're in my network already and they're already a connection. Um, if I, if they're not strategically the right person now, I will just unfollow or unconnect with them. So it's not like I sit there and do it, but if something comes up, um, I will, I will do that. Yes. So it it can't hurt your reach. Well, Mm -hmm. energetically, right. It puts the right people in your, yes, that can see your stuff and who you connect with. I want to bring us back to the profile because you talked earlier about how important it is. And I think for a lot of us, you know, you you put a little bit of effort into it because you know it's important. You know that it's Googleable. You right. know people, if if you're sending out a pitch of some sort, that they're going to come back to your profile. But I think they don't necessarily know what is exactly the best way to mm-hmm. present themselves. So how can you help us, Anne? So first of all, you have to think of your profile as almost like a mini website. It houses everything on there. Um, You have a featured section where you can feature awards you've won, articles you've had published, um, your podcast if you want to, uh, client client testimonials. And so that featured section is a really powerful section that you want to really beef up. So a lot of people kind of miss the mark there. I like to, I want to have everything there so powerful, or let's say you have something coming up. I have a really high end retreat coming up in May and I'm, it's something that's going to be very cool. So that's posted in my featured because I want people to see that if they're checking out my profile and so beef that featured section up, but everything, if we just start at the top of the profile, which is what I love to do and just sort of work your way down. 
you want to make sure your banner is really dialed in for what is it you want people to do? Do you want them to connect with you and why? So my banner often is featuring a workshop. Hey, apply to my next workshop and here's what the workshop is. So that's one way. But I also have some credibility. I'm sitting there with a picture holding my book. Um, I also have me speaking on the other side of my banner. So I want to still have that credibility factor and that authority expert factor in my banner, but then apply to my workshop who it's for here. Here's the link and, and a big arrow. So there's a lot of ways to set up your banner. Some people like to just set up their banner uh, with credibility pictures and then their headline of what they do. And that's fine too. You just need to make sure that whatever you're doing, it's relevant to the people that you're connecting with. So that banner is a power band. I mean, that's, that's prime real estate. So utilize it and, and you can change it up whenever you need to. So I'll probably change it up here shortly for my retreat. And that that will be the feature. Then you want to make sure your profile picture is professional. A lot of people make this mistake. They'll put their logo or they'll have a picture of their dog or they'll have a picture um, of them doing something that isn't it's it's almost like they're this big because they they they're doing something in their picture and you that's not what people are connecting with people are connecting with you so you want to really make sure that they can see you they can see your eyes they can see your smile you look very approachable that's a really important piece i i remember one day someone tried to connect with me and and i'm sure it was probably a VA or someone, but his profile picture, he just looked like such a grouch and such a grump. And I'm like, this guy needs some help. I mean, it was, he needs some help with this profile here because it was so unapproachable that, and so you want to make sure that, you know, people are connecting with you. The other thing is when there is a, 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 it's called creator mode. And I think LinkedIn started this about a year and a half ago. And a lot of people don't really know what creator mode is, but creator mode gives you a lot of great features. So you want to make sure it's turned on with your profile. And it gives you, for example, the newsletter feature, which LinkedIn pushes your newsletter out. It gives you the live stream feature. Uh, it also gives you the feature to be able to put a video right behind your profile picture. So if someone clicks on your profile picture, there's a video. So those are all pieces that can be dialed in. Also, even something as simple as your URL, make sure your URL gets changed and it doesn't have a whole bunch of the LinkedIn numbers and stuff behind it. Change it so it's customized. Uh, make sure you've got keywords throughout your entire profile that you want to be searched for. So if people are searching for business coach or business consultant, for example, I want to make sure that I, I can come up for that or there's an opportunity to come up. Um, you, then you want to make sure your headline is really dialed in. I, one of the mistakes people make on LinkedIn is they try to be a jack of all trades yeah. and they don't look like an expert. So they might have 10 or 15 different things they do, but they're not related. That is not an expert. So make sure that it's really specific who you are for, the problem that you solve for people, and, and then sort of the credibility piece as well. Um, LinkedIn has just added a, I, I there's a lot here. Do you want me to keep going? It's so good. It is so oh. good. Okay. So if whatever LinkedIn. you're willing to share, we'll take it. Okay. 
<laughs> I'm an open book. LinkedIn <laughs> has just added a um, a link feature that is right under your headline. They they didn't always have this. And so now you've got a clickable link. So I drive, again, a lot of times I drive people to my workshop or to a booked call. Uh, so that's something that's, that's fairly new. And then from there, you want to make sure your about section is set up for your ideal clients and for the people you're trying to attract. A lot of people make the mistake of sort of using their LinkedIn profile like a resume. Oh, here's all the things I've done. And there's really nothing to influence buyers. And the whole idea is you want to influence buyers or partners or whoever that is that you're trying to attract. Um, So make sure that's really dialed in, have those keywords sprinkled in and show social proof wherever you can. Even in your about section, I have a video that takes people to client results so they can click on that, see what other people say about my services. I also have some uh, different results that are posted in my about section. All of that, again, helps influence buyers and lends credibility that you know what you're doing. And then from there, you just want to set up your your back um, back experience and what you're currently doing, obviously your company, and then your back experience. And here's another mistake people make is they set up back experience and it's not relevant at all to what they're doing today. So somewhere there needs to be a connection that it's relevant to what they're doing. Uh, so that it, either it should lend some sort of credibility to what you're doing. And if it's not relevant, you don't even really need to put it on there. Um, And then the other thing is make sure you're getting a lot of recommendations, both from clients and from peers, from colleagues, all of those things are important pieces too. And they... LinkedIn has what's called an SSI score, a social selling index score. And you want to try to get that social selling index score really beefed up because LinkedIn will show your profile to more people, the higher that SSI score is. And they will, if it's optimized right, you'll even get leads. So I get a lot of leads from LinkedIn where they're sending me, hey, so-and-so is looking for this. And, and so then I get leads from LinkedIn as well. So Mm -hmm. you're saying that all the things that you've talked about, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't, you can rewind and hear what Anne has just said again, if you missed it, it will raise your SSI score. If you do all of those things and, and really focus on your audience, that is phenomenal. And you so much great value there. I, I wanted to go just touch on one more part of LinkedIn because if and I've been listening really closely because as as I just said, I'm really wanting to focus so much more on this platform, is the content piece. And yes. you had talked earlier about how content may not ne- if you're if you're trying to reach the CEO, maybe is not the best way, just churning out content, maybe not be the best way to connect with them. But where does content fall in mm. terms of reaching the right people? So I'll tell you the mistakes that I have made is I'm at an event. Here's a picture. I, I did this. Here's a picture. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I think you're going to tell me that's the wrong thing to do, but but we want to create content. So what is the right way? Right. First of all, that's not the wrong thing to do because you still want to influence people that you are truly doing things, right? It's important that people see your accolades. They see that you're out speaking. It All of those things build authority and credibility. So you don't look like you just Uh, like you're just nobody and you you can't do anything, right? When people are booking you to speak, there's something there. 
Um, but the problem is that's a lot of times all people are doing, or they are creating content for engagement versus buyers. And there's a big difference. So when you're creating content for engagement, um, and you can see the difference, just go out and look at your feed and you can totally see the difference. And they'll say, well, I, you know, I get a lot of engagement on this. Okay. How many of those people have bought from you or book on your calendar to buy? Because there's a difference, right? You have engagement and then you have, so engagement makes you feel good. Absolutely. And you, you can go in and you can build relationships with people that engage, but quite often they're not your buyers. And so when you're creating content that is really speaking to your market, and here's the problems, and this is why this is going on, and here's what you can do instead, now you start to influence people. Sometimes you have to build that awareness with them. So a good example is I help people get multiple five and six figure plus clients. And a lot of times, for example, coaches and consultants or even professional service entrepreneurs, they're not, they don't really know that they could even do that. Like I remember the first time my coach said, if you don't have a $50,000 offer, you can't sell it. But a lot of coaches are like, I couldn't, how would I sell a $50,000 offer? So I want to make sure that they're aware that if they truly are great at what they do, they can. They just need to know how to put the pieces together, right? So that's that would be a way to start creating content to start pulling people because you want to attract and pull. And so I would want to speak to the fact that you may not think you can do this. A lot of people don't think they can do this, but here's who can and here's where you can. So all of that is going to resonate with people if they're like, oh, that sounds great, or it's not. And the, the great thing about content and marketing in general is you do want to repel the wrong people and you want to pull the right people. And when you think about, I'm not for everybody, everyone's not going to resonate with this, then that is where the content starts becoming more powerful. The other piece that people miss is they are not educating their audience. And, or I shouldn't, I don't want to say audience because audience are the engagers market. Your market are the buyers. So you want to make sure that you're educating your buyers, your market on exactly how you help. So you don't want to be vague. So you could break down your process and you could go deep into each area. Okay. For example, LinkedIn is only one little piece of what I do with my clients, one little piece, but I'm talking about it in great detail. And so you're, you're kind of sprinkling all the different things that you do out there, but you talk about them in great enough detail that people are like, okay, this person knows what they're doing. So when you educate people like that, they, it's like letting them peek behind the curtain and seeing what working with you or seeing what you are really all about and what you really can do for people. Does it make sense? Yeah, that was great. And it really helps you think about your content a little yes. bit differently. So as opposed to a poll talking about what you're doing for the weekend. Yes. Content is really <laughs> more focused on someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone who yeah. can potentially have a contract signed with you. This has been yeah. so helpful. Any, um, you know, actually my last question about LinkedIn is, and I know you said that this is just a real small part 
of what you share with Very your small, yes. But it's a big part of your marketing from what you had mm-hmm. said earlier. How big, how, if you're willing to share, what what exactly, what role does LinkedIn play in, in getting you to where you want to be in your company and business? Sure. It's a, it's a big part because most of my clients come from LinkedIn. And even if I'm, let's say on Facebook, I, um, I sort of build my network on LinkedIn and then I might move them to Facebook or connect with them on Facebook too. So now they're seeing me two different ways, right? And they're connected with me. One of the things I teach people is you also have to have some way to move people. So it's not just about connecting with them on LinkedIn and having great content and all of that. What are you moving them to? What are the steps that you're taking? So I move people basically to two things, either an upcoming workshop or an event that I have or a call with me. That's what I move them to. Now, some people do webinars. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But again, your strategy what you move them to is going to be dependent on who your ideal clients are. So this is all part of the strategic side. But for me, it's a big, big, big piece. It's it's 90% of what I do. Yes. You have been so generous in sharing your knowledge and it's been so much fun talking with you. Where can people learn more about you and connect with you? Yes. Thank you so much for asking. Um, You can definitely go to my website and there's lots of resources on there. And then also, if you want to speak with me, you can book a call there. But I also have an upcoming workshop. If you are interested in any of the things I've talked about, and you can go to expertinyouworkshop.com and apply to attend. And it is a free virtual event, but we do have an application process to make sure the people that are there can apply the strategies and can utilize the strategies that I teach. I feel like I've picked your brain. I really do. I feel like I've shared you have, but that's you okay. a lot of things, <laughs> but I know my audience is getting a lot of value from it. So I really appreciate your time and your generosity. And, and thank you for being on the show, Anne. I really appreciate it. You are so welcome. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. If this episode has inspired you to take action, here are three things you can do right now. Set up your LinkedIn profile properly. Are your profile picture, your headline, and your about section relevant and on point? Do you have another place to send people to after they find you on LinkedIn? Maybe it's a masterclass or a free guide. For me, I have a video-ready checklist. You can get that for free at CherylTanMedia.com slash video tips. One of the skills that's always good to focus on, especially now, raising your comfort level on video. It could be as simple as shooting a video on your phone about your takeaways from this podcast episode. We talk all about that in my program, The Video Bootcamp. You can go to thevideobootcamp.com for more details. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Thank you in advance. Until next time, I'm Cheryl Tan.